Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. Today's episode is another direct request from you, the listener, specifically around how to deal with adult bullying. Now, bullying is something most of us have each experienced in our lives, and we want to just clear this out in the beginning of the episode that this conversation we're about to have around bullying is specifically around the impact and how to deal with adult bullying. So we are not providing any suggestions or information of how to, you know, deal with maybe your kids being bullying at school. And also a clear line we want to define is the difference between bullying and harassment. While bullying and harassment both share a lot of the same qualities, which is a power struggle or a control struggle between two parties, one being emotionally or physically harmed. When it is harassment, it is bullying specifically around a protected class. Now, what do I mean about protected class? That means harassment is defined as bullying someone based on their race, color, religion, sex, gender, age, disability, or national origin. If it is bullying in relation to one of those things just mentioned, then that falls into the harassment category. Harassment is not part of the conversation that we are having today. That is something to be dealt with differently and legally. So today we are specifically just having our own conversation around how to deal with the impact of adult bullying in the time of cancel culture and social media and when people hurt our feelings, what do we do? How do we deal with it? And how do we respond? I really appreciate you starting us off, Jenna, with that distinction um, and really honoring something you said earlier, which is how prevalent, um, even into adulthood, I think a lot of times we do associate bullying with our childhood years, if we've experienced it ourselves or are witnessing our children go through that. Though the reality is, and even as prompted by this question for this episode, So many of us as adults um, have those moments where we do feel either directly um, or indirectly threatened um, by aggressive behavior, passive aggressive behavior, where ultimately we feel a sort of what comes to mind for me when I think of bullying is a pressure of sort to to change, to change what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, to change what I'm doing. And again, there are definitely ways where it's really direct these moments of bullying. And there is also ways where it's really indirect. Kind of what I'm referencing here is passive aggressive um, manipulation, where again, nothing might be actually being said to us, but the feeling of that pressure is definitely alive. And I think a really important place to start, as is the case for most of our conversations, which is first honoring our individual experience of being bullied, not kind of shifting into what many of us do, invalidating ourselves, not calling the behaviors for what it is, not labeling it as bullying or aggressive or manipulation and kind of explaining it away. And of course, I'm speaking from my own past history of having had moments where now looking back, I can definitely define or label as bullying, but for a very long time, I didn't have that space of honoring my experience, of feeling that pressure, of feeling that aggressiveness, of feeling that manipulation, and I explained it away. So as always, it's creating the space to really attune to those moments where our limits are being pushed, where our boundaries are being overstepped, or we're feeling that type of pressure in whatever instance, context, or relationship it occurs. 
while we're speaking about this in the context of being an adult who is bullying or what to do when experiencing it as an adult, a friendly reminder that most of us are all wounded children walking around in adult bodies. So while we're not specifically talking about the bullying that, you know, a child right now might be experiencing on the playground, and we're talking about us as adults in the context of this conversation, within the adults that we are speaking of is our own inner child. And for many of us, that same wounding and bullying that we ourselves now as adults experienced in our own childhood still has been carried on for us and may still very well be alive within us within that wounded inner child. And it's possible that many of us were bullied throughout our childhood and just continued to suppress that, sweep it under the rug, maybe ignore it or deny it. Or we felt we were worthy of that bullying and we grew to believe that that shame, that unworthiness, all of the bullying we experienced was valid and was true. And over time, we subconsciously formed our own conditioned beliefs and view of ourself in response to that bullying. So keep compassion alive and well in your mind and within your body, embodying compassion as we're in this conversation and just extending that self-love to witnessing yourself as that wounded child and thinking of the other adults around you as well as a child really stuck inside of an adult body. I really appreciate that acknowledgement as well, Jenna, because ultimately as always, I did look up the definition of bullying, and I kept getting caught up on this one word in the definition. That word was intentional. Typically, when I Googled bullying, most of the definitions refer to an intentional act of threatening behavior or aggression. And anytime I personally see the word intentional, I, I really get curious um, and I, I call it to mind um, in terms of really understanding how intentional are these behaviors. Because anytime I witness someone behaving in a threatening manner, what I imagine is going on on a deeper level for that person is that they themselves are feeling threatened. That inner child that you're beautifully describing is feeling unsafe. So their best attempt, again, something they probably learned from their earliest environment, their earliest relationships, where I would imagine they themselves felt unsafe, oftentimes the best attempt at creating safety is for that person through that outward act of aggression by managing or dominating the room or responding in a way that dominates the other person when, why? Because ultimately, again, on the deeper level, we're, we're feeling scared ourselves. Now, of course, this isn't the conversation um, that I think we had a few podcasts to go around the line between people-pleasing, enabling, responsibility. This isn't to say that you know, we explain away and still show up in a threatening situation, in a threatening relationship, allowing ourselves to be ab abused or violated in whatever way. It just means holding space of understanding that what on the surface might be perceived initially as an intentional act of aggression might again coming be coming from a deeper space of this other person, a wounded space, a space where this act of aggression is the only way that this person has been able to maintain some semblance of safety in their environment. And that wounded space could also then produce a, a moment where someone does choose to intentionally bully someone. I actually like to view 
any sort of active hate or harm as coming from a, a deep, deep wound and a an unhealed place within that person. Because I truly don't believe that, you know, anyone here wants to innately hurt or harm another. I think we are all a really unified and connected being that is actually love itself and that wants to harm another or to displace maybe harm that we've experienced on hurting another, bullying another comes from a deep wounding. So, and again, that, that doesn't, even my understanding of that doesn't then negate the fact that it's suddenly okay to harm people. Absolutely not. Bullying is not okay. Harassment is not okay. Harming another is not okay. It's never justified. Though specifically in the context of this conversation, it is helpful to have an understanding that it does come from a certain place. Now, regardless of how much understanding and empathy and compassion we can muster or embody to learn why someone else does something, at the end of the day, the only thing we have control over is then our response to it. We have the experience of what happened. We can't unhappen it. We can, however, choose what we do in that moment and then how we respond moving forward so that that behavior either doesn't continue or we remove ourselves from this space where the behavior is continuing. And I think ultimately even going back to the question that prompted this episode, right? How do we deal with it? I think a lot of us imagine that the the answer to that question is, right, something we can say or do to make the other person see that they're bullying us, to make them stop bullying us or change their behavior so that it's more respectful or compassionate or more loving. And ultimately, as most of our conversations go, um, the answer to get into that space of having respect for ourselves might not result or might not be the other person changing in any way. It might be us acknowledging the dynamics that are happening, the fact that we do continuously feel bullied, um, you know, with aggressive behavior, again, whether or not it's direct or indirect. And I keep going back um, to this example of indirect bullying because I see so many communities, even um, as of recent, that are using this kind of underlying pressure um, and I'm speaking just coming out of an academic community myself um, for decades of time. And I know that when this topic comes up, a lot of my colleagues in academia or other you know, people trained in the system or clinical psychologists will, will reference this kind of indirect bullying where there's a universal idea or belief system and you're urged you know, in direct and indirect ways to have those same beliefs. Um, and when you don't have them, I mean, anything can happen from not being a part of that group or that organization or feeling a part of it, I should say. And I would imagine some some of us out there, maybe even listening, get actually um, excluded from that. And then all of the different ways that we're shamed if we don't share those same beliefs or we're ridiculed or we're mocked. Um, and again, I really do want to include that in this conversation because I think sometimes those moments, those dynamics aren't necessarily labeled um, as bullying. And that's, in my opinion, what that is, where, we're, again, we're feeling that pressure, maybe not as direct as an actual act um, or an actual violation 
but it's indirect, where it's an underlying pressure to, to conform, I think is the best word that comes to mind for me. So we really want to, I guess, encourage everyone to just keep in mind here that, as Nicole's mentioning, you know, academia or a school system, depending on what field of study you're in, each of those areas have their own certain subset of rules. And it is really helpful to just identify that so many of the beliefs and the conditioning that we have, we don't even realize we're actually systems and rules that were created by a few select human beings that then outlined larger systems that we now all subscribe to. So this isn't about any sort of morality or any sort of opinion. It is simply about zooming back and realizing that we are in, just by nature of being here on this earth, so many macro and micro systems and each of those systems do have their their own rules that you know if you don't agree with one thing then it does sort of become okay to shame that or make that wrong we've made it universally sort of okay especially in this country that if you know you don't share the certain political beliefs of the party that is currently in power then there is a shame and there is a morality and suddenly that other person is wrong that also can be an indirect way of bullying so when we talk about that indirectness it is very subtle and one of the reasons that we don't even recognize it is because so many of us don't even recognize that we are even living within subset systems and rules as I'm sitting here listening to us, um, exploring all of the more indirect, more kind of passive underlying ways, um, it's occurring to me that one of the things that happens as we age is we get savvy. We learn, right? We're not maybe as direct with the ways that we we bully um, or we threaten others. We learn all of these other more indirect, more manipulative ways that for a lot of us become right our conditioned way of, like I was sharing earlier, of of finding that safety. But this isn't to say that there aren't moments that some of us adults experience of those more direct moments of right having and what's coming to mind for me. And I shared about this one particular relationship um, probably throughout a couple podcasts at this point um, where I dated someone in my early 20s. Um, and in that relationship was a lot of what I would now define as verbal abuse. Um, I heard all of the ways in which I was a dumbass. And if I understand or if I pull back and explore when those moments happened, what I understand, in, in my opinion now, that that was bullying, that behavior. Being told you're a dumbass um, is an abusive, aggressive way to be spoken to. But again, understanding where it was coming from, it was coming from an intention of this other person at, of trying to control, right? Trying to control the way I was being. If I stop acting in this one particular way, I won't get labeled a dumbass by this one particular person. Um, and ultimately they were shaping my behavior. Why? Because on some deep level, there was something going on inside this person that my behavior was reflecting on them. So in order to manage right, their own perception of themselves or feelings about themselves, they had to indirectly or directly, by calling me a dumbass, control how I was being in the world. And, you know, honoring that for a lot of us, there are aggressive, insulting, bullying comments that we hear and understanding, again, not to explain away, 
but understanding that typically when someone is trying to threaten another person, they're trying to control something, some perception of you, of them, or whatever, of the relationship itself, they're trying to manage. Because even though they're trying to manage me, ultimately it's to serve themselves. And I do want to honor the very direct moments that in adulthood, we we hear bullying language. We experience bullying behaviors, aggressive behaviors, again, at that attempt at controlling us, our way of being, how we're presenting in the world in that moment. And many of us have and do allow a lot of those behaviors. And while someone may be bullying us, no, we don't deserve that. What we have to wake up to as adults is the fact that we are responsible for what we do choose to allow in our orbit. So if someone is consistently crossing my boundary and harming or bullying me, And maybe I believe it. Maybe I think that I deserve it. And it's very likely that, you know, if I was bullied like that as a child and I haven't done the work to wake up and heal those wounds, then yes, I have taken on a belief now where I think I'm worthy of it. So also energetically and subconsciously, I am actually seeking out and people and environments and relationships that are going to give me that same cyclical behavior so that I can self-validate. And I can prove to myself, you know what? You aren't worthy. That's just my ego finding the familiar and trying to protect me and deliver me more of the same. So when I wake up to this as an adult, which is why I mentioned that self-love and that compassion piece for yourself really needs to be alive and well here because you must have compassion for the fact that we are also responsible now for allowing certain behavior. People are only going to treat me continuously in a way that I allow them to treat me. And if I don't have my own self-respect or my own boundaries, if I'm not clear on what my own boundaries are for myself, then how could I ever uphold them to another? I'm going to, of course, just let anyone cross me and let everyone treat me in a way that proves to me that I'm not worthy. Now, it doesn't make that behavior okay, but until we wake up to that and recognize that, it keeps us disempowered and as a victim really to that behavior because I'm saying that I'm over here waiting on that bully over there to fix or change themselves in their behavior so that they stop bullying me. If we do that, then we lay here powerless and maybe waiting forever for them to fix or change themselves or their behavior. When I can take responsibility and zoom out and view the behavior that is harmful to me or is abusive to me physically or emotionally. And I can now for myself draw a boundary, get clear on what I am and am not going to allow moving forward. I now have some kind of empowerment. I have an opportunity of choice to move forward in a different direction. Maybe that involves creating space. Maybe that means moving on from the relationship or at the very least, clear communication with that person of what my new boundary is, 
what behavior I am no longer allowing. And from there, how that person responds is your feedback. Maybe they hear you and respond to that and something changes. Maybe they don't hear you at all and they continue the same behavior. You still have the power of choice and now you can see that. You have clearly communicated. You've gotten clear on what is and is not okay with you. And if that person continues that behavior, you now have a new choice to make. How am I going to separate myself from this person? What is my best plan of action now, given the feedback that I've clearly communicated my boundaries and they're not changing? It doesn't mean it's easy, though we still have the power of our own choice to state how we will be treated moving forward. I think that communication piece is is so incredibly important, Jenna, because I think some of us have the expectation that once we create space to come to the awareness that, you know what, this is bullying. This is abusive. This isn't okay for me anymore. I think there's a part of us that imagines or maybe even wishes that the other person should just know, right? They should just understand that the way they've been behaving for some, for some relationships for years, decades, even, right? These are dynamics that might've been in place since this particular relationship, whichever one it is for any of you listening began. And when we come to a new awareness, I think sometimes we do have that more immature childlike belief that other people should just get it, right? This person all along should just have known that they were overstepping my boundary, that they were bullying or abusing me in whatever way. And that's just simply not true because what has happened now for however long the relationship has been alive, some of us again for a lifetime, because this is the only way we know how to relate to another person, we feel worthy of this bullying, we've set up expectations. We've allowed it to be okay in action. So when we come to the awareness, I really want to emphasize that communication piece, not just imagining that this person should have known all along that the way they were behaving was in a bullying manner. We have to actually directly communicate this new awareness, this new limit in words, and then back it up, like you're beautifully describing, in action. And going back to my 20-some-year-old self, I, I did neither. I explained away this person's behavior. I never labeled it for what it was. And my actions kept showing this person that it was okay because I kept coming back. I kept coming back so that three weeks after the one event where I was a dumbass, lo and behold, I was a dumbass again. And at some point, like you're sharing, it's really important for me to hold myself responsible for that misalignment, for not directly communicating these new limits and not for not following up that direct communication in action by continuing to maintain that space or that limit or that boundary with this human. Without that clear outward communication, we have unspoken expectations that lead to premeditated resentments. And that's something that a lot of us don't really want to swallow, that the behavior that is reoccurring continuously around us is behavior that we have allowed to continue prevailing. And as with all things, the light then gets shown back on us. If we are unclear how we deserve to be treated, if we don't have, you know, this belief or at least working on a belief of genuine self-love and self-worthiness, and we do deeply believe that it's okay for us to be called a dumbass consistently because you know what? Deep down, we believe that's what we are. 
Well, if I'm aware of that and can have compassion for that wounded, you know, little child within me that does believe they're a dumbass, then I can be empathetic to that. I can give myself love and I can honor that. And with that honoring, I can also be responsible for the fact that if there is a a wounded part of me that believes that, then I'm going to bring into my reality more of the same experience that put that initial belief in me. You know, when I was little, I always felt so dumb, so weak, just not capable. And that was largely because of the bullying and abuse I would get from my dad and from my brothers specifically. And I can see the comfort as an adult when someone says something to me that, you know, makes me feel really dumb or makes me feel not intelligent. I'm aware now and I can have this sort of humility with myself to say, hmm, that's like a that's like a baby blanket to me. It's more of this comforting past. And when I have that awareness, I can give myself that extra self-love and that self-love might then come in the form of maybe even sitting down with a notepad or journaling and reflecting on something as baseline as how do I want to be treated? How do I deserve to be treated? And then objectively, How am I allowing myself to be treated? Am I allowing myself to stay in relationships and situations and environments that make me feel really crummy? Do I notice myself always reaching out to that one person that never really wants to give me the time of day because subconsciously I'm actually addicted to that emotional response of their neglect? These are really opportunities for us to sit with ourselves in reflection and do a little self-inquiry and view the relationships and the environments that we're in and start to notice how they make us feel. What thoughts come racing in our heads when we're around certain people? How we feel in our body? Are we constricted? Do we fear feel fearful in a certain environment, do we immediately go into this panic with a racing heart? Those are all things to start paying attention to. And when we have that awareness of ourselves, we can then make a clear sentiment to ourselves, really make a choice and then say, okay, well, this is how I wound up being and how I've currently been allowing myself to be experienced and be treated. And now that I have this awareness, here are my new clearly defined rules and boundaries for myself. And when you have those clearly defined for yourself, and when you have that just consciously in your awareness, then you will start to view the people and experiences you're in naturally through that filter where more of a red flag will start to go up and you'll naturally start to observe that ping when someone does cross something that isn't okay with you or isn't how you believe you should be deserved. But it's first going to start with that self-awareness, getting clear on where you're at right now so that you can actually be empowered and choose where it is that you are going. And I think for a lot of us in that interim, it's about exploring. We might not know, especially if we don't have boundaries, limits, if we have, you know, allowed or enabled or participated in this bullying behavior, we might not actually know 
where our limit is or when exactly we need to be speaking up or even how to speak up for ourselves to define this new limit. And going back to something you beautifully described, for many of us, our journey might begin by just dropping into our body and getting curious of how I feel when I'm interacting in the different relationships in my life and including all of those that are our professional worlds. Like I was sharing earlier in academia, I didn't speak about religious-based right structures and institutions and a lot of the bullying that happens there. So whatever organization, community that you're a part of and relating with other humans in, that's a great place to just begin to drop in and see how it feels, right? As this person and you are engaging or interacting and in those moments where you do discover more consistently than not, you're feeling fearful, you don't feel safe to express your beliefs, then you could get even more curious as to what's happening there, right? What's boundary is being overstepped. And before, again, we might even know the limit, the first step we might take is just space, space to assess, to regroup. Because in all of the the talk of setting boundaries, creating limits, developing the self-compassion and self-respect, a lot of times we have to go through the motions of doing those things before we actually feel we deserve or are worthy of this self-respect. So again, it's pulling back, it's hitting pause, it's not being sure and just allowing that seed of curiosity. You know, I don't totally feel safe around this person. Why might that be? Um, And then taking that space from there to take the time from there to then decide what needs to happen next. Because a lot of us, if we've been enabling bullying behavior, if we aren't using or creating limits or boundaries in our life, we're not necessarily going to have that clear definition to begin with. The first thing that we might just become aware of is, you know what, we don't fully feel safe. And that might just begin this journey to creating that safety. There is a way to have completely opposing viewpoints, opposing beliefs without shaming another person. And I think that's our hope behind this podcast, behind all of our work, anything that I will do for the rest of my life here on this earth is in that direction of everyone being able to express themselves authentically and whatever is true for them in a way that allows differing opinions and beliefs, that allows polarity and contrast to live harmoniously versus, oh, your opinion is different than mine. So now I'm going to shame you because what I really believe is that my opinion and my view are right. When really there is no right or wrong, there is just a difference in opinion and belief. And we could spend our whole lives finding all of this evidence to back those things up. And What I think or what I notice specifically as just humanity and as society is that we need to learn how to communicate. We need to actually learn how to take that pause and take that space to actually drop into ourselves and our body and our own thought versus this surface thought and conditioning that's been ingrained on us in the society we grew up in, in the school systems that we're in. You know, when I'm watching a TV show and in between there's 10 minutes of ads that come on, all pumping down a different message and a different thing that's just working into my subconscious. And 
what so many of us are living from most of the time are these autopilot knee-jerk reactions and communication that we are so unaware of. We could have a whole conversation with someone and actually have no idea what we even just said because there is this machinery that kicks in and sort of lives our lives for us. And ultimately, all of this begins as we create the space for ourselves, our perception of events, our feelings of, of lacking safety or of fear of being threatened or of being ultimately bullied and allowing us to feel hurt, feel enraged, feel everything in between that's there. Because even as you hear us discussing maybe where it's coming from for this other person and they're feeling threatened themselves, it doesn't mean that how we feel about what has happened or continues to happen doesn't carry its own pain. And for many of us, that pain is rooted in childhood at a time where we didn't have supportive communities or we didn't have spaces or even maybe the language to be able to advocate for ourselves. So meaning as we begin to have language and communicate, giving ourselves grace and compassion there. I know for me, especially around anger as someone who's stuffed and allowed things and explained, you know, my limits being crossed away for a very long time, only to erupt at some later time when I'm definitely not being eloquent in my communication, I still see moments where it's difficult for me to give words to those small moments where I do feel like limits or boundaries are crossed, or I am having a reaction to someone else's treatment. I don't always say it the most eloquently and giving myself the compassion in that space to learn, because that's ultimately what I'm doing, how to advocate, how to speak up when my limits are being crossed or when I am experiencing any moment of feeling this pressure or this bullying behavior from another person. So sending grace and compassion to all of you other learning, healing individuals, um, especially around this topic in particular, um, knowing that so many of you out there are carrying, just like you described yourself, Jenna, really deep rooted moments of bullying at a time and a place where we didn't have these tools. We didn't have the ability to speak up and giving ourselves now the opportunity to be our own best advocate, which will over time begin to shift us into, you know what, we're worthy of having these limits. We always have been worthy. And now we have the tools and the resources to create the safety that we never had. And ultimately over time to give us in that experience of being worthy of being treated with respect, of not being violated and being empowered, of course, to play that role, to create that space and to shift that dynamic for ourselves. So as always, sending love to all of you out there on your healing journeys, um, continuing to, to listen to any and all of your requests for future topics. Um, we really do love and value how this is a continued conversation with us to all of you out there in our community. Looking forward to you all tuning in for next episode.